Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Otaku Tea. Otaku Tea Podcast, episode number 19. Oh my gosh, it's been so freaking long. And again, we keep doing this where we come on, drop a couple of episodes, and then leave again. Yeah, um, we're like the Dining Dashers. <laughs> Uh, I mean, I don't know. This summer, it, I feel like it We're was supposed to have like to be... twice as many episodes at this point. I know, right? And I don't know why, but this summer has just literally been very, very stressful for me. And I don't know, maybe for you too. It's just been very hectic. Well, um, I mean, since you're a teacher, that means you must have been doing something else during the summer, right? Yeah. Um. So usually for teachers, we are able to just take the two months off and, you know, meditate the Lord Jesus Christ out of ourselves to, you know, um, have to deal with more students. <laughs> not deal. I love being with kids. Don't get me wrong. Not in the pedophile way either, but. Okay. It's the, um, I like teaching kids. It's just, it's, people don't understand how stressful that is. So, so usually we get the two months to like, you know, rest our souls. <laughs> Before we have to go through another 10 months of just having to, you know, teach about 30 kids every hour. Right. Maybe the so, same lessons ev over and over. Like, you imagine kids get bored with one class. Imagine teachers having to teach the same lesson three times, maybe four times a day and having to hear themselves say the exact same thing over and over and still find a way to make it interesting right which i so i've been working at a different part-time this whole entire um summer to be honest and i thought that would you know be a little bit of a stress reliever because you know well, it's is it part-time if you had more than 40 hours a week i mean you know what guys it wasn't even part-time i i literally worked a whole full-time job during the summer and it's very it was very different it was very different i actually started working the full-time pole it was a part-time at first because in june since i was still teaching i still was I was, that's when i had just started working at this new place right um, so in june it was a part-time but the second it hit july or at least when school ended it became a full-time job and it was very, very, very stressful, um, but fun. I'm not gonna lie, it was fun, and it's still fun because I'm actually still going to be there while I'm, you know, teaching this next new season of my life. <laughs> but um, isn't that gonna be too much work? It is. I mean, as much as I want to say, you know. I don't need this job right now. I think I actually need to stay at this job. Not only because my thought process was, you know what? As teachers, we don't get enough money. So maybe I want to stay with another income. But just seeing how my bills racked up this some for this semester, I think I need to actually stay now for a good reason. Um, because this, this month is just going to be very, very painful for me. And I'm going to be very transparent, very honest. Um, but yeah, I might actually need to pick up an extra day at the, because now I'm going back to part-time since I'm not going to be a full-time 40-hour person there. 
right. pick up another day just for September, just to make ends meet, which is pretty, again, now stressful because I didn't want to start this new school year stressed and now I'm going to be stressed. Yeah. Um. So I guess typically teachers don't pick up another job or how... I don't know. Do you speak with other teachers and how oh, they do things? A lot of teachers, and it's very popular, especially in the United States, for teachers to have another part-time job. Sometimes others who can find the time or want to drown themselves because there's no other way out actually pick up another full-time job. Um, just because, literally, especially like for teachers who live in New York, which did you find? Did you know? that New York now surpassed um, California with being the top most expensive place to live in the United States. Yay. Did you hear about that, though? No. No, okay. It, it was recent news. I just found out myself. Um, yeah. I mean, so I just, I only pay attention to the cities. Because, like, a state as a whole, like, North New York is kind of cheap, so. No, but I mean, like, the city. Like in oh. California, I think. Um, let me just double check. Compared to San Francisco? Because I think that was the most expensive yeah. one. Uh-huh. It beat San Francisco. Well, poopy. Um, yeah. So now we happen to be for the most expensive rent. Uh, which, in a way, that is... Not in a way. That is very bad. And that is very, very bad. Quite. That's why I'm trying to move in with a roommate. Which is it's funny because a lot of people in New York City happen to live with roommates. Yeah, I, I guess I'm spoiled because I was able to find a place to live on my own. But then as a result of that and me also not um, going to the grocery store and buying food and making my own food, I just order takeout all the time. So I basically have no savings. So I'm trying to see if a two-bedroom like with, with the roommate would be good and cheap enough. But even with that, like it's hard to find places that I know will have parking so I don't have to pay extra for parking. Mm -hmm. uh, because with the parking that's like almost $300 a month, it basically adds up to the same amount I'm paying now in most places. Right. Um, and that's what, like, my point is, like, even you with, like, a, the job that you have, um, for teachers, it's literally, I've had previous teachers who used to, like, say, oh, I live with a roommate, and I'm like, but you're a miss, you're salary-based, and they're like, uh-huh. Oh, honey. <laughs> oh, honey, you... You still live at home, don't you? Oh, gosh. <laughs> well, then. Which is why, like, I'm going to admit I still do live with my parents. So my rent is cheaper than most um, people who are, you know, with a salary base. Um, like, even compared to you, like, my rent is, you know, way cheaper than yours right now. Um, yeah. But, like, even then, like, I don't know. It, it just all racks up. <laughs> Especially, like. And again, I'm going to be very transparent. My coping mechanism is shopping, which is how my channel even started in the first place. So um, it's an addiction. It became like a very addictive coping mechanism that for some reason is now very hard for me to break out of. Um, because anytime I feel ever in like when my depression 
comes through or when I ever feel like I'm so stressed or I'm tired, I'm beat down. Like most people will take a nap, we'll meditate, we'll do something like play video games or something. No, for me, it's the urge having to go outside and get, you know, buy something. It's, it's there. I, is it time to cut up your credit cards and remove them from your phone wallet? It's funny because I only have basically two credit cards on my wallet. Uh huh. I somehow still find a way to do and like. Uh, you should probably the, limit yourself to just one. I wanted to limit myself to two, but like again, that's very hard when like other cards still have monthly payments needing to be done and. Um, as much as I want to limit myself to do, it ends up just being two plus the other monthly things that are showing up on those other cards. Um, so it, it, it's just difficult. Um, so because of all of that, I will need to now take on an extra day. And I really wanted to just do three days because, you know, what I was thinking, like I said, I just want to be able to save money and and be, keep myself busy and like not overwhelm myself, you know, because... I'm going to be moving to a different school, like I said in like the previous backpacks to episodes. Um, yeah, and... you haven't really talked about that yet. Oh yeah, so I am. We're I'm starting a new school, um, and I'm very excited because FYI, five. Well, it used to be six, but five. It was six, five plus the principal, but and now at this point, it's five people who I used to have as teachers now will be my co-workers um which is really exciting because oh, from like your high school from my high school yeah they all work there they all work at the same um high school that i will be transferring to and just in next week i'm going to be starting with to work with so it is is it your same high school or a different one and they just all happen to go no, there it's a different high school that they all just happen to be in that same one. Oh, that's cool principal that used to be she only came in in my last senior year because the previous principal transferred out um but she was going to be my new principal but you know circumstances she was also transferred out into a different school i don't know what that is the doe is a little bit weird with it comes down to transferring teachers and transferring principals and all of that stuff that happened Um, within the same year literally i got hired by my principal uh-huh. And probably two weeks, two weeks or three weeks later, she was transferred out. Uh, huh. But I was able to still keep my position. And, you know, they want to, ex- their their whole plan is to expand the language department, which in, in particular, the Spanish department. So I will not be teaching Mandarin this year because uh-huh. my, and no, it's great because I, it, it relieves me from an extra stress that I had. Um, because it's different from teaching one language to two languages. <laughs> right. Um, my first year ever, like officially teaching, I taught three different subjects, AP Spanish, Spanish one and Mandarin one. Now you might think because AP Spanish and Spanish one are, you know, in the same category in Spanish, it would be easier. No, it's a lot more complex. AP Spanish is more like a college level, which I need to do more thinking and processing and more hands-on type work with them versus the ones who are starting from zero. Right. And like extensive reading materials, you have to make sure that uh, the, the assignments you're giving the students like make sense academically. 
Yeah, exactly. So, um, and for them to be able to pass the AP exam that happens at the end of the year, which technically is not the end of the year, it comes in in May. But uh, yeah, it's it's a lot. So switching from because I used to used to have AP Spanish my first period, so I had to wake up knowing that I had to teach an extensive course. Oof. Bright early in the morning. Why would they have AP classes in the morning? I don't know. They decided let's give the first year the, the really hard schedule this year. Um, hmm. I wonder why. Nah, you know, the my previous school is very questionable. I can tell you that. Um, more tea about that later. Anyways, um, and then... But having, did, your, did your friend get out? Um... My friend, uh, depends on which one. <laughs> um, the teacher friend that I don't. Oh, no, she's staying. Uh, oh. she decided, you know, well, she's very liked at that school, especially by the principal. So she's like, I'm not going to have it hard here. It's going to be pretty easy for me. And, and I 100% agree. If it's a pretty easy school to be at and you're relaxing and chilling and you're able to do whatever the f you want, go for it. Stay. Uh-huh. But, like, in my circumstance, it was very difficult to work there just because the principal did not like me at all. Um, it, it just made it very hard to walk in the building, being in the feeling of depression as I walked in just to get out the elevator with a big smile and be like, good morning, everyone. I sometimes felt like I was being fake when it came down to looking at my staff members, uh, my coworkers, and then I was genuine with the students, but there was some times where like, even with my students, I really just wanted to be in my depressed mood. I didn't want to be there, but I still had to show the bright smile and the cheery 100,000% energy. Uh, right. Because the students feel it when you're not there. They feel it when you're not present. So if you're not present, they're not present. And they go based off what they feel. Um, so yeah. if you show that you're passionate in there, the students will most likely also be passionate 90% of the time because there's always that 10% of students who will still hate you even if they like you, you know? Uh, but um, I think that's called a tsundere. I guess. Maybe. Maybe. But, um, yeah, so I worked at my previous school for two years, and I hated it. I loved teaching with the students, and there were a couple of coworkers I enjoyed being with, but I hated the school. I hated waking up in the morning, having to go to a place I really hate going to, just to then spend seven hours and being in a place that I hate, right. waiting for the clock to count down to three uh three something because we had an abnormal schedule it it was it was weird it was I, different times different days right different times um actually for the remote it was still annoying because it, for me a person that was disliked by admin it was so frustrating because i had no assistance and no help um there was no sense of direction Right, no check-ins, no meetings. No nothing, no mm. feedback. And it was so difficult to do my job when I don't even know if I'm doing it right now. That's not to say 
I don't know how to do my job. I know how to do my job. The thing is that if you do it and you think it's always working out and nobody's telling you like, hey, maybe today's not working out um, or this activity didn't work out as planned, uh, you think you're still doing it right because you yourself, if you're not a harsh judger on yourself, I am sometimes. I'm not all the time. So if I feel like it still worked, even though it didn't, like a third person watching you and being like, no, it didn't work. Um, you still tend to continue doing what you were doing without saying that it's wrong, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, without feedback on what you're doing, you really don't know how people are taking it. Like, it's always good to have a second opinion. Yeah, um, and even and as much, I was desperately looking for a second opinion, but everyone's, like, all of the coworkers I was very close to, their hands were very full. Um, so I was hoping that at least from the people who didn't like me can give me some type of, you know, I could dig from their biased opinion to find something useful. Um, right. They were very eager to try to control you and all that, but then they didn't provide feedback, right? No, that's exactly what happened. They were very eager to point fingers at me when they saw something they didn't like, but the second I needed you know, sense of direction. They were just like, figure it out. Right. And that's very frustrating to a teacher because one, with those who have, you know, an assistance, which is like people who with have co-teachers who are helping with the special education students or SPED students, um, they could talk to each other. They know what needs to be done. They get feedback to each other, which is cool because you have somebody else who's already there to back you up for language classes that's not going to ever be the case because you will never have a second person um these the department of education thinks that you know language is easy enough to figure out without having a second person to be in the same room with you right but um i mean i think that was pretty much how it was in college too though in, no, in college, Although, to be fair, the language classes were smaller. No, 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 100%. The thing is, in college, colleges don't care if you have X, Y, and Z excuses. Like, now it's not even excuses, but, like, in high school, if you happen to have, for example, an IEP, you get accommodations. In college, you need to be responsible to tell the college you have an IEP. Because if right. you don't tell them anything, they don't care. And a lot of colleges will not give you those accommodations because, again, you're an adult. You should know this is your responsibility, which is why I was so uncomfortable with my previous school because they wanted to keep treating the kids as if they were in elementary school, thinking that they would get all the help in the world. And I 100% agree with giving them help when needed but not holding their hand throughout the whole way because afterwards they don't know how to do it themselves, which we have had proof to happen with previous students who have now graduated and realized college is too hard. I've had one student who wasn't my student, but she was my friend, my coworker friend student. And she, she came to me and was like, um, yeah, I'm in a CUNY school. I'm glad I'm in college. But I realized it was nothing like 
what I had here. I was helped way too much that once I got there, I realized, man, I am by myself or I am going to sink really hard. So she said she had to fight with everything she had and put all of her strength into figuring out things on her own because she was always given crutches. She was always been given a wheelchair and, you know, around to do things not by herself. And she's a smart kid. Like she is really smart, but because she was given everything in her hands, she didn't have, she didn't know how to fight for the things she needs. So did she go to like the office hours and all that, or was it just like overwhelming, overwhelming and she didn't really know what to do? She didn't know that there was office hours. She was overwhelmed and she didn't know Mm. that teachers don't help you anymore. It's either you make an appointment or you're screwed. <laughs> you you figure out by, based on your notes. Right. Because college is a lecture-based school. Like, no matter where what college you go to, it's always lecture-based. And in my previous school, notebooks was always looked down upon. What? I know. I know. No notebooks? So notebooks by the principal was always looked down upon because it's like, well, the kids are just copying and pasting what you have on the board in the notebook. And it's like, yes, kind of. It depends on the student because if the student knows what they're doing, they know to write down extra information, not just copy and paste, which is what middle school usually prepares students to do. So once they go into high school, they don't know what to do. They do the exact same thing as middle school. So by the time they're in 10th grade, they know how to take better notes. But if you're a ninth grade teacher, like I was my, like myself in that school, mostly mm-hmm. you just saw the copy and paste from board to notebook. And I've trained my students to do, if you're going to do that, at least know that on the margins or next to what you just took, write down, this is important because of X, Y, and Z. Same thing in the lectures. Like I try to teach my students the way colleges usually teach students because it's the it, that school really did not want kids to learn in the college level or get them college ready. And that's really hard to um, explain to somebody who you know that high schools are supposed to be college ready schools, that this school was not college ready friendly. Right. Um, so again the this school was trying to teach students as if they were in middle school and then throwing them off into these really higher up colleges and then once they go in there they don't know what to do so some of my coworkers who my coworkers who really were passionate in trying to teach college base i i guess etiquette or however or like um i don't know what what is it called like uh not um, college level material, but college level um, skills. Like if you're going to take notes, also add this, listen to what they're, te- they're, they're talking. Or if you don't want to copy and paste what they have on the board, write down what they're saying or right. important, like our color co- code, everything. Like this is what you need to do. Due dates are important. Apparently in middle school, due dates were not important. Um, getting on to class on time is important. 
giving a good excuse like let's say if you're sick and you cannot come please let it be known because if you just don't happen to show up that's a big no-no then it's not going to be like okay but you didn't tell me you know in college you always have to send an email saying i'm not going to be able to make it to class for x y and z reason um in high school usually that's what the parents are there for but you also need to I've always told my students, if you're not going to be in class, please send me an email saying why you're not going to be in class. So I at least know you're not just skipping my class, especially since last year was mostly all remote. Um, If you're not going to show up, please let me know why you're not going to show up. And you need to come to me to get the material that you forgot. Right. That you didn't get the day you were absent. Uh, But yeah, so some me some of my coworkers and I try to give those college level skills to the students and try to teach them to the best that we can with the limitations that we had um that's all we could do because everything else is every man for themselves there and there's just like a lot of you know popularity competitions there no one asked for it but apparently there were um it, it, it was just very stressful. I did not like the environment. Uh, it, it was just a mess. It was a mess. Uh-huh. A lot right. of students knew how to play the system too, because especially those who didn't really care about their education, when you can actually tell some of them just didn't care about their education, they didn't really care about actually learning. They just cared about graduating and calling it a day. Um, found out how they can get past with like pass with a good grade and not have to work hard for it that was also very hard to swallow but now you have a new beginning yes um when i got interviewed my first thing that they asked me was why are you leaving or why do you want to leave this school that you're in and i said i'm gonna be honest Uh oh i don't don't do that (laughs) Um, no, they really appreciated it. That's why I got hired. <laughs> uh-huh. I said, I, to be honest, one of the big reasons I left this school was for lack of accountability to students. I believe students should be held accountable for their actions and for not being able to, you know, turn in the assignments that are asked for, um, give them the accountability of they need to be the ones to push themselves as well as me as the teacher to push them but they need to be the ones like you know that saying you can't help somebody who doesn't want to be helped right like i can help them but if they don't want my help i'm not i can't force them um so the accountability needs to always be on the student unless there are some circumstances where that accountability has nothing to do with the student but with the family or with the school itself but most of the accountability has to be held on the student. And the principal who was interviewing me really liked that. She said that her, that the school that she's, um, that I'm going to really does like to hold students accountable. It teaches them that with self-respect and, you know, the skills that they need for the next level. That is what college readiness is besides, you know, the, the courses that you're taking ap courses is cool and all but if it's been handed to you that's not really preparing you for college level stuff either right yeah so 
she liked my answers and she, because she knew me and she remembered that I was really a good student. I was that type of student where I was always there. Perfect attendance, everything. I was on the honor roll. You know, I never created problems. I don't have good attendance. <laughs> yeah, no. I was the one who was like, I have to go to school. I need to go to school. I have things to worry about. I have to think about my grades. My grades need to be on top. I need to always be on top of everything. So she remembered me and she was like, yeah, you were a really good student. I remember you. Nice. So it's, I'm not saying it as like, cause some, there are some teachers who were not the best students, but became teachers <laughs> themselves. Cause they realized, damn, I should have been good to my teachers when I was younger. And it's like, yeah, you yep. should have. <laughs> I don't fun and games all the time. Fun and games. What's yeah. fun? What's fun anymore? I don't know. Hmm. I guess it's my turn to spill some tea. Well, what tea is there? Um. So you remember Liberty City Anime Con, right? Oh yes, sir. Uh, what is your opinion of them? Well, from the I believe it's the two times I went. Mm -hmm. Very small, very basic, and you could literally go through that thing in one day. Right. And I, I mean, like before. back then, it seemed like they were trying to set stuff up and like organize things, and you know, it was just a fan thing, so it wasn't like official companies, but they were still getting sponsors and all that. Yeah, and I remember seeing Sea Dog VA, which I was still surprised they were able to get him there, because he's a he's a top YouTuber right now and doing Japanese and anime vlogs and videos. Right on youtube so i'm really surprised we they were able to get him there yeah so then um because of the pandemic they had to postpone last year's mm -hmm. con uh it was gonna be this year right but it turns out it had to be canceled for unknown reasons oh okay um i think they announced this in like the beginning of july or something on twitter and only on twitter only on Twitter. Yeah, their Facebook hasn't been updated, I think. I don't know. I don't know. Oh, wait, they did announce something on Facebook, I think. Either way, it was incredibly difficult to get in contact with them. So what they were doing was they said, oh, yeah, sorry, uh, all that. And uh, you can contact this email address for a refund, you know, since... Yeah. The con never happened, so you should be able to get a refund, even though, you know, we did buy the tickets a while ago. Mm -hmm. So I contacted them. But, like, even before then, I was trying to contact them, like, hey, um, is the con happening this year? Like, like at all? Any updates? Because, like, they posted something for Black Lives Matter, but then just went silent until they canceled. Oh, wow. So that was, like, a few months of just nothing. And I was trying to contact contact them like, hey, um, you know, con's coming up. Um, is it still happening? Or are the tickets carrying over from uh, from when we bought them last year? Like it usually, like it did for um, Anime NYC, right? Right. So that that's going to happen in November. Uh, the tickets are carried over and all that. So we're all mm -hmm. set. But for Liberty City, um, 
So I contacted them multiple times like, hey, um, services were now provided. Please provide a full refund to all ticket holders and nothing. Just silence. Contacted them several times over like a couple weeks. I had to threaten them twice. Oh, what did you say? I mean, basically, I was like, uh, please provide a full refund for all ticket holders. Otherwise, this issue will be escalated. Okay. Uh, so what they did at first was just give me a partial refund. I was like, all right, um, thank you for that. But you have to give a full refund to all ticket holders. Otherwise, this issue will be escalated. Yes. And then they gave me the rest. But like, there's no accountability right now because who knows who they gave refunds to and who they just kept the money from. Right. I mean, that's just showing that they only were giving refunds to those who were actually willing to fight for it. Exactly. Because they probably spent all the money. But on what? The, the, the thing was canceled. Right, but they probably had to pay, like, deposits or whatever, and they didn't get the money back. And then, I guess, some sort of, like, fees from the hotel or whatever. But, I like, mean, even that's still, that's something that you should communicate and be like, uh, due to... The situation, we try our best to get, like, uh, full refunds for everyone. Unfortunately, we were, uh, we were held accountable for all these fees and deposits and blah, blah, blah. Uh, so we will be issuing, like, a 70% refund to everyone or something. Like, something official, something accountable, yeah. and something that they're actually um, telling people that they're doing. But it was just a tweet, like, hey, contact this random email and for refund information. And that's it. They don't even reply. They just gave me the refund after i threatened them wow okay that's very sketchy um that kind yeah of i mean it's probably just some like 20 something year old people putting together an event and they got overwhelmed by everything so you know it's, really it's whatever but still like there's gotta be some accountability no yeah i 100 percent agree but that's kind of heartbreaking when it's the fans making a con for other fans because that kind of reminds me of, you know, that TanaCon situation where right. Uber tried to make a BidCon, but called it TanaCon, and not knowing what the heck they were doing, it all failed, and then were not held responsible and accountable for the things that ended up happening afterwards. Did they refund tickets in the end? I don't think so. I think, like, they did it with, with uh, Liberty City, like... Some people got some of their mm. money back. A lot of people didn't, though. Right. Uh, it just it just makes it a lot more iffy to want to participate in a fan base con. Then. Exactly, and I think uh, Rooster Teeth has also spoken about this before. Um, I'm still like, what, like six years behind on their podcast, but like, they were talking about like some super small con that had like a petting zoo and like a ball pit that oh, was. Dirty and like it was just like a, a mess, and they were like, "Yeah, fan run cons don't really work." Uh, but instead, you can go to RTX, and you know they were like talking about their own con, which they love so much. And you know, apparently, it it's been really good. I don't know about recent, but it seems like it's been popular since they started. I mean, I'm not gonna lie. Bigger cons are working because they have professionals running it. Right. They have the manpower to to oversee the different departments that are needed, especially like security, um, mm -hmm. just refreshments, um, 
what do you call it? Um, because to be the, honest, the line way, people, the, the only way people crowd got things. refreshments at the Liberty City Com was because the hotel literally had their own section of it, <laughs> not because they had a. a well, I think there was like um the giant water jug and get like cups of water or something right no no no. like outside of like the first year i think no it was the second year outside because of the room one of the rooms there was a concession stand if you can call it that um it was the hotel's pastry bakery type thing that was Uh outside of that room that was the only way people had like the ability to get anything they just had to buy it directly from the hotel right but yeah. The second year they had the water. I guess that was probably coordinated with the hotel. Probably. Who knows? I just it, it's heartbreaking. Because it was that... like those giant uh clear plastic yeah. containers that hotels and conference rooms always have whenever mm-hmm. they're doing those, so probably the hotel. But it's just heartbreaking that when you want to support a fan base con, then they ended up just doing this. It's it kinda makes it iffy to, to join it again. Right. But who knows? We'll see if they come out with an apology video or something. To get the views. To get the views. <laughs> um, but no, but in all seriousness, like I hope they learn from this because it sounds like that's not gonna happen just because they're making it difficult for people to get their refunds back and for them being so quiet. I don't know if they believe their fans are you know smart enough to realize that they paid for tickets and they never got their money worths back right Um, i'm wondering if they're even gonna do another one or just like stay away from this just take their money and run maybe but then again they still had a lot of fans it sounds like they still had a lot of fans who went after them um Mm, not really hopefully I mean, well, yeah, like on, on the Facebook and Twitter post, there was like two comments, oh, no. like asking about the refunds and if the con was happening, and so it doesn't seem like there were that many people still interested in it. No, that's so bad. Yeah, but I got my money back, so whatever okay. they can go somewhere. I would say if. Comic Con or Anime NYC t- wanted to do anything like that, they'd be canceled on the spot. Right. They're too big for them to keep fans shut about it. By the way, did you get the email that John Cena is going to be at the Comic Con this year? I did not see that. Oh, it's because you can't see him. It- it's just not going to happen. It's- ha 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 ha. Ha ha. You know, <laughs> but no, he is actually going to be at the Comic Con because of Suicide Squad and Fast and Furious Nine. He's in Suicide Squad. Yeah. Oh my gosh, his outfit for the Suicide Squad looks like. Is this a reboot or a sequel? Uh, this is a sequel. It's the third movie. Thir- third. Out. Yeah, because they Bird, made a second one. The it, it technically is like. Oh, Birds of Prey isn't a sequel. I mean, okay. It's, it's just the same Harley. Then it's her side story, and now it's a sequel to the original Suicide mm. Squad, I guess. Uh, I guess so. Because the Birds of Prey still has Suicide Squad logo under it. Uh. If I remember correctly. I actually have the movie, so I'm going to check that right now. 
Uh, anyways, it's not loading. So, okay. I'm not good at a reference person right now. Yeah, I have it too, but I don't know where I put it. I mean, it, well, Birds, Birds of Prey was a good movie, though. It really was a good movie. It was a woman-empowering movie. Right. But I guess it seems like Hollywood's sort of been doing that well recently. Uh, yeah, I haven't seen the I haven't seen the Wonder Woman sequel, but the first one was pretty good. Um, I like Car- Captain Marvel a lot. It seemed like they handled that the best, even though there was a lot of cringy mm. uh, '90s and 2000s references. But um, the character herself was, I mean, like confident and like able to handle herself. Like she didn't need help. No, I'm not gonna lie. I did like um, Captain Marvel, like the her own individual movie. I did not like her a lot in the Endgame. Uh, Endgame, where she just basically, "Hey, I'm here. They're all dead. Hey, I'm here. Who needs help?" And at the end of the day, she needed help. Hmm. I'm like, I thought you were the strongest person alive, Captain Marvel. And it's also but- funny that she thought that. Other things were more important than what this was, which was gonna affect the entire universe. Yeah, I don't know. She said she. I understand where she's coming from, but I don't understand where she was coming from because she did say all the universes don't have the Avengers. And again, I get it, but Thanos was going to literally destroy half of the universe, planet Earth. I don't know. It. It was. I think Thanos was a really big thing to worry about at the current moment. But I guess not for her. Maybe she thought everyone could handle it. I don't know. I mean, there are, like, a lot of superheroes. I mean, yeah, but they still failed. So where was she going, you know? Because she did say it in Endgame, like, um... You guys didn't need me, but clearly you guys needed me. So, I mean, clearly you should have been there then. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so that happened. I, I, Like I said, I did like her individual movie. I did not like her in Endgame. I did not watch Wonder Woman, though. Really? No, I didn't. Huh. Um, I think I, I saw know. it on a plane. <laughs> it was the, I got nothing else to do, so let me watch this instead basically and you know it turned out pretty good (laughs) so i bought it and eventually i'm gonna watch the sequel once that price goes down oh right uh i'm going i'm going to try to watch the suicide squad soon hopefully maybe um in the theater yeah i like theater watching it in theaters because it's it gives you that experience that you don't get at home Uh, french huh I mean, at least for me, you know. Uh-huh. Right. But, so, yeah. are you a Stubbs premiere or a list or? I'm now a Stubbs premiere. Oh. Yeah, I paid for the membership once, and they never gave it to me. Really? So I just took my fifteen dollars. I'm just saying. Hmm. But now I'm back at the at the Stub premiere. Right. And my ticket was almost free. And my food was almost free. Yeah. Like, it's such a good deal. Especially if you go to the movies, like, you know, every couple months even. Like, it's it's worth it. Yeah. It definitely is. 
I just went to see yesterday. Um, free guy. Um, is that Ryan Reynolds? Yes. Oh, okay. Unexpectedly was a good movie. Like, it unexpectedly was a good movie. I give I mean, it an eight out of ten. Ryan Reynolds is like a good actor. No, so. he is. Yeah. But if you look at it, like with my group of friends, we were like, hmm, you know, when the acting isn't that great, but the story keeps you going, that's basically what that was. Huh. I would have thought that it would be the opposite, that the story is kind of crap and it's just like, whatever, feel good comedy, but the acting's good, so you're pulled in. But I, okay, the other way around. No, it was the other way around for me. That's why I give it an 8 out of 10. Like, the storyline was different. I wasn't expecting half of the things that they had in the movie. Uh-huh. And I'm like, whoa. There were some moments where I'm like, okay, the pacing's a little too fast. How does he know he needs to go this way? How does he know he needs to do that way? Why is his reaction not like, what the hell is going on? Like, it's just like, let me go this way and see what happens. Right. Like, how would you know to go that way? You're kind of rushing this little, a little too fast. Mm. what's going on uh but yeah so that's why i'm like <laughs> there's just a little bit of it where i'm like hmm, hmm, hmm. but the, the storyline was very good i recommend people watching it it was unexpected um yeah eight out of ten rating all right sounds good any other uh, movies i did see final fan uh final, final fantasy mm. Fast and Furious 9. I cannot do the FF, alright? Every time I see FF, I think of Final Fantasy. Well, that is the better franchise. It is the better. It's a way better franchise. Have you watched the all the other FS movies? My favorite is Tokyo Drift. I think that's everybody's favorite to um movie. Mm, there's, oh, it, it's contested. Like um, There's a lot of people on both sides, but the people that do like it like it a lot. The people that don't like it hate it. So it's like it's very dividing. I think. Yeah. Because like um, the purists like the first two or whatever. True. I like um, Tokyo Drift because it was different. I like Japan. Right. So it hit closer to my heart. Even though it was like a forty-year-old guy trying to act like he's eighteen. Yeah. But for FF9, you actually... Okay, I'm not trying to spoil, but you need to watch it because there's some parts of the movie where I was like, yes! Yes! Nice. Yes. But then, you know, half of the movie, you couldn't see John Cena. It was it was pointless. Like, I feel like I should have gotten half of the discount because I couldn't see one of the more important actors in the movie. Hmm. I guess you needed the 3D glasses. Right? Do they still do 3D movies? They do, actually. Is it the, um, the clear glasses that you wear, or do they have the technology to not even require those anymore? Uh, I think it's the... There was one time I needed the glasses, and then I think there was another time where I didn't. Mm -hmm. But I don't remember. For... I know I needed the glasses for Kong versus Godzilla. How was that? It was an okay movie, an 8 out of 10. Hmm. I liked my favorite part of that movie was the background of the fights King Kong had and the fights that Godzilla had. Right. And how it 
they have the last two remaining species of their kind? Uh, well, last two remaining members of their species. Well, yeah. Basically. But there was a there was another Godzilla movie that came out recently, right? Which other one? Or it's gonna come out? Maybe. Was there? I thought there was the like a recent one is Kong versus Godzilla. Oh, that was the newest. Or Godzilla versus Kong. I don't remember which one comes first. Oh yeah, that's the one where he has that big hammer thingy. Yeah. In the trailer, at least. I yeah, I believe so. Axe, maybe I don't know. Either way, I don't know anymore. It seems like Godzilla is sort of making a comeback. And it should because Godzilla is a good, good franchise. Right. I haven't seen any of it. Because, like, Pacific Rim reminds mm. me a lot of Godzilla. Yeah, because they have the kaiju, which is mm-hmm. basically what Godzilla is all about. Yeah. Fighting other monsters. Exactly. So Godzilla should stay in, like, you know, present day. Because it's been ongoing for a long, long time. Like, when mm-hmm. was the first movie out? 19-something? Probably. I don't remember. I looked it up at one point, but that was, like, a couple months ago. And Back I, when we were going to talk about Godzilla, but then didn't. Um, my brother is the expert in Godzilla. I right. know all of this information. Can ask Every him. birthday of his, I slowly collect the silver cover DVDs. I forget what they're called, but it's a series. Mm. And they're not, there's not many copies out there. That's why they're so expensive. Right. Uh, so I'm slowly getting them for him. He wants the whole collection, and I'm just like, listen, bro, that's a little hard, okay? And you got to calm yourself down right there. Mm-hmm. Take your own advice. I mean, I know. I know. Right. It's time right. to wrap up. I am out of time. You, yes. So Chris has um, a phone call he needs to get to. So we a are very important phone call. Very important phone call because he's a very important person. Yay. Yay, VIP. And I should probably go eat. And it's raining outside in New York, so if you're hearing some background noises, that's what it is. Yep, mate. we made sure to tell you right at the end. Right at the end. Um, Yeah, so if you made it this far, congratulations. You now hear rain. Um, but, uh, Thank you guys all for joining us in with episode 19. We will see you next week. Hopefully, we do have actually are going to be making topic um, podcasts from here on out. Hopefully, right? Yep. That way, it'd be easier for us to make this podcast a little bit more interesting, and that way we can be on this on time. Yes. I'm like me right now. I said I'm going to be uploading every Wednesday, and it's Wednesday. Oh, um, every th- every Sunday we need to have decided our topic by then. Yes. Um, that's our deadline. So as Chris is going to go and you know have a phone call, I'm gonna eat, and then I gotta record a couple of videos because you know I'm kind of behind on my own schedule. You know yep. life is so hard. Hey, hey, hey. Gotta so go, hard. gotta go, gotta go. Okay, gotta go, gotta go. All right, so you can catch us on Apple Podcast, Spotify, um, all the other places, and the link will be in the description below. And yeah, Chris doesn't have time to list all of them, so we will see you next time with episode twenty and ninety. Bye.